1: I want to start with a quick multiple choice question for you guys. What's something that I, me, Liz, cannot live without? Is it A, coffee, or B, coffee? (laughs) There are only two choices here. If you guess coffee, then you guess correctly. Yes, I am addicted to that morning grind. Sort of a caffeine kick, although I'm fine with decaf too, but I need Extra hot coffee every morning with lots of foamy oat milk, one Truvia, and a dash of cinnamon. I know that's full-blown princess alert, but that's when I'm home. If I'm out and about, you guys know that this is a very crowded industry. I mean, there's there's a coffee bar on every corner, right? Starbucks, Dunkin' Pete's, Gregory's, Irving Farm in New York, and the up-and-coming Bigby Coffee, home of the famed Firefly Latte. Okay, they have a Firefly Latte. I'm going to tell you what that is in just a minute. But there is such a great story behind Bigby and the Firefly Latte and all the other lattes they offer, along with the literally dozens and dozens of different kinds of coffee drinks. Bigby's story is as diverse and fascinating. Founded 26 years ago in Lansing, Michigan, Mike McFall is the co-founder and co-CEO of Bigby, one of the largest and fastest growing coffee chains in the United States. But percolating beneath the river of success he's experiencing now is a story that began with a minimum wage job. These are my favorite kinds of stories, so let's get it straight from the barista businessman himself, Mike McFall. Welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz.
0: Liz, thank you. That was amazing.
1: (laughs) I I am amazing. Finally, can you tell my kids that?
0: Uh, a podcast that opens with uh, with a dramatic story, I love it.
1: <laughs> My mom was a theater actress, so you know I do have a little bit of flair for the over dramatization. Um, first of all, we're thrilled because I love these types of journeys to unfold before our listeners because this is what it takes to found, run, and and succeed at a business, right? I mean, and, and I got to start with this because. I'm interested. I I usually have one and a half cups a day. How many cups a day does a guy like you who runs a huge coffee chain drink?
0: Well, I drink, I, I, the math is between 14 and 16 uh, shots of espresso a day. What? 14? You look surprised.
1: (laughs) How are you not shaking like a leaf right now? Or are you?
0: No, I'm not. I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's something that I I, I drink uh, what are called uh, quad americanos, which has they have four ounces of espresso in each of them, mm-hmm. and you know I have anywhere from from three to four a day. Usually, I have two before I leave the house, and then I go from there.
1: Okay, all right. So you're an addict. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm accepting of that. Okay. Uh, I want to I want to really get to what I said. The beginning. The percolating story of all of this. Can we go back to the '90s? Where were you, and what were you doing?
0: Well, you know, I think um, I started as a barista, as you mentioned, and I was uh, on a research, very specific research project at Michigan State University. And so, I—I I, my mom was a professor there, and uh, so I had—I uh, <laughs> don't. Know, I'm going to keep rewinding at my grandmother's funeral uh, in October. I was with a colleague of my mom's. He had a very specific project he was working on. He invited me to come and work on that with him, with the idea being that I would uh, be able to essentially handpick graduate school at that point with his his endorsement and the work I would be doing with him. And so that was only 20 hours a week. So I went around to every coffee shop in the greater Lansing area and applied. I just thought it'd be cool to work in a coffee shop. That was it. And so fortunately, I was hired at we had one store at the time, uh, and I was hired by a woman by the name of Mary Roselle, uh, who was uh, my business partner's wife. And they they built that store together, the first store. And so uh, she hired me, and I worked 6 a.m. till 2 p.m. at the coffee shop, mm. and then I would walk over to the university, and I worked 2.30 to 6.30 on the research project, and then I would uh, drive home. Okay, and
1: specifically, so, what year was this?
0: That would have been November of nineteen ninety. Six.
1: Okay. All right. So I'm thinking in 1996, I was in Boston. Uh, yes, Starbucks existed, but uh, there weren't many others. And so I'm guessing you were one of these sort of arabica, you know, sort of funky coffee houses, right? Just one.
0: We weren't. <laughs> I, we weren't. We really have never been that sort of pretentious coffee environment. Uh, you know, we we you mentioned um, you know the firefly latte, which I'm ashamed to say I don't even know what the ingredients of that are. But okay, I'll tell uh, you. We have thousands of of these, and so um, but we we've always named our drinks. We like to say uh, like our caramel latte, for example. Starbucks names that a caramel macchiato right? Mm -hmm. Which is a very pretentious way to say that. So what we, what we call it is a caramel marvel. And to us, it's like a superhero flying through the sky. We have grizzly bears. Uh, We have, uh, you know, the chocolate covered Irishman, we have the firefly, we have purple haze. And so we never were that affected Italianized version of the coffee bar. We've always been our, we've always been our own. We've always done our own thing from a branding perspective. And we think that makes us infinitely more approachable.
1: Okay, Mike. So you are a barista. Did did you even call yourself a barista at that point? Yes. Okay. You're a barista. You're using at least that fancy name. And you're getting up very early to go every day and make coffee drinks. Were you exhausted at the time? Minimum wage, what did you like about it? What kept you coming back?
0: Well, I didn't know it at the time uh, or beforehand, but I was I'm very much into hospitality, and so, you know, if you were if you were to join me for dinner at my house, I would be, um, I would make sure that it was going to be a very pleasant experience for you. I would take care of your every need. We would, we'd have an engaging conversation. It would be a nice. It would be a nice event. That would be. Very, and so, so when when I was in the business and when I was working as a barista, I got to do that all day every day. Mm. And I love that part of it. I love making friends. I loved engaging people. I love surprising people with just sort of crazy nuanced. <laughs> so a quick story. Uh, there was a guy that came into our store uh, every day and he would buy these gigantic caramel marvels with six, eight shots of espresso on them. They were insane. And he was a landscape architect and he always complained about maintaining his truck, right? Always. That was his thing. He was always complaining about it. So, so what i did was i uh, when he was in complaining about having to get the oil changed in his truck or something i wrote 90 days out on the calendar i wrote bill martin uh, oil change truck i couldn't wait for that day cuz when he walked in i was going to hit him with the fact that it would been 90 days since he got his oil changed. He get his oil changed. And I mean, just to blow his mind that I knew it would have been 90 days. <laughs> so I just love that part of the business. And I loved showing up to work. I did. I loved going in there. I love making coffee. I loved putting smiles on people's faces. That fundamentally was what, why I'm in the business today.
1: That's a big leap to go from that to wait a minute. Why don't I invest my future in big Bigby coffee? How did you decide what was that moment where it crystallized for you? Hold on, let's let's do something
0: here. Let's grow this. Well, so well point one, it didn't take a rocket scientist to see what was going on in specialty coffee at the time. (laughs) Right. So, you know, it it, it was it was coming at us, uh, you know, like a freight train. Uh, the the market was, you know, so ripe. And and so, you know, it wasn't hard to see that. But secondly, and more importantly, I realized that my business partner was doing something very, very different in the coffee industry, much different than anybody else. And so, you know, he had a, a, a restaurant background, high volume restaurant background. And we were running and we still run our coffee shops like they're high volume kitchens, not cute, quaint little espresso bars. And so I I definitely sensed one, an opportunity in the marketplace, but two, I also knew that we were doing something, something different and something better. And that still exists today. Uh, And, and, you know, but then also um, we ended up how, how this went down was I was a barista. They were building a second store. I, um, they approached me about becoming a manager uh, at the second store. And, you know, I, I was, I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested, I guess, but I'm really on this other track. I'm headed back to graduate school. And, and so, um, I sat down with my partner, uh, Bob and, um, in sort of an interview type style, uh, because Mary, I worked with Mary in the mornings, Bob came in at three in the afternoon. And so I never saw Bob ever. And I didn't know him at all. And so when we sat down, uh, have this interview. It was this beautiful spring day in March and we ended up popping up and going for a walk. Well, four and a half hours later, uh, we were behind our store shaking hands and agreeing to put a company together, the two of us. Wow. and that's the company that we own today. Um, that's the company that uh, is, you know, 98 and a half percent of my net worth. <laughs> is that one company? And and so, you know, uh, we shook hands. Uh, and when we've been building it ever since, the next day I walked to the university, I resigned my position there and uh, I'm in the coffee business now.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So listen, I, I love that because, look, the PhD, Pilot Higher and Deeper, I came from a family which was education, 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 keep going, keep going. But as I learned with journalism, it's better to actually be at the plane crash than to learn how to cover a plane crash in a classroom. So I turned down graduate school in journalism, uh, and I worked overnights delivering newspapers at at my local station. So I get it. I get that gutsy move there. But after that first meeting, how do you then realize, wait, this is going to be a lot harder than it looks?
0: You know, I think you got to keep the grand... The grand scope in mind. And then you just have to commit to um long term. And too many people just give up too early. I see it all the time with our franchise owners, you know, the franchise owners that aren't successful who sell the store. It's like, I, I just want to tell them it's just right around the corner, you know, like just stay in it a little bit longer. And and, you know, so we've just been staying in it one day every day, doing it and doing the best we can every single day when we wake up. And it's it's working out.
1: Talk about the hard times when you were first starting. Were there points where you thought, "What have I done? What am I doing? Should I give up?"
0: No, I don't think there's ever. I don't think there was ever a day that I thought I should give up. There were really hard times. Um, you know, we were put in default by our bank. Um, that was horrendous, uh, and we had some really scary stuff happen. Um, but to me, and I, I write about this in my book. It's a, it's the most glorious game in the world, you know, and, and, I, and I approach it that way. You're, in a game, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have problems. Things are going to go wrong. But when you're committed to the end result of winning the game, you don't give up. <laughs> really? You just don't give up ever. And so that's the game I'm playing. And, and uh, I won't ever give up.
1: We're not done yet. We'll be back in a moment. wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz. Bigby started doubling location numbers every year. Mm -hmm. At what point did you look at the landscape and say, wait a minute, we could become
0: huge. Well, last year, frankly. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I always, I guess I've always known we're going to become huge. Um, but when did it become really apparent? You know, we signed 85 contracts last year. During the so, pandemic? Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. So we're,
0: we're two hundred two 250 units open, but we have 127 contracts to be open. And so, you know, that's an astronomic astronomical number. And so right now it's feeling like we are pacing to, to grow very, very quickly.
1: You just referenced a really scary moment where you defaulted on a loan. Tell me about that moment, what led to it and how did you deal with the bank and the fear of losing business, the business?
0: Well, first we made a mistake. We were doing what we thought was appropriate, which was, you know, sending in financial statements every month. Uh, And we, but we'd also made a commitment to our business partner that we would absorb two of his stores into a group of stores that we owned. He owned 50% of our group and we were going to absorb these two other stores. Well, I didn't go to the bank and tell them I was going to do that. And what happened was is those stores were bleeding from a cash flow perspective. And when I brought them on board, we, we, our balance sheet went upside down immediately, like very, very quickly. And, you know, from a cash flow perspective, we were going to be able to see it through, you know, because we, we did. And so we were going to be able to see it through. But the problem was, is I didn't go to them. If I had gone to them and explained to them what I wanted to do, they would have told me I can't. <laughs> right, so maybe that's why I didn't go to them. But I so so. Uh, but but I took the uh, ratios of our balance sheet outside of the covenants of that loan. You know, I didn't I didn't know exactly that then that that's what I was doing. Um, but I did that, and so they had every right in the world to default. They they should have defaulted. Um, they immediately took every dime of cash that we had, both personally and professionally. They raised our interest rate from seven percent to eleven and a half percent. Come on, almost doubling our payment. Um, And you know, it's just. But the thing is, is once you're put into default status, you get somebody who's assigned to you that you don't know. So you you leave the relationship that you have with with you know the bank, and now you're assigned. I think they at that time they were called workout specialists, and so you get assigned this workout specialist, and their job is to liquidate you and get as much money as they possibly can in that process. And so, you know, we, the only thing that saved us is is we had a relationship with another banker and he lent us the money and got us out of the, got us out of the spot, but it was horrible. And so, you know, I, I I could go into more hair raising details around all of that, but, you know, I guess in that moment, I didn't think about giving up. It just hardened my resolve. It's all it did. We were, I mean, that it was like, we are going to get through this
1: it's pretty obvious you've had a lot of sleepless nights over the years. Do you still have sleepless nights?
0: Absolutely. I, I you know, I, I keep building more and more complexity into my little world, you know, and um, if I, maybe if I could throw it neutral and coast, it would get easier, but mm-hmm. I keep taking on more and more and it's great. I love it, you know um, but I'm in a particular situation right now uh, that is pretty complicated and surprisingly um, Political, and so I was in a conversation with my mom this morning, telling her about it, and you know, she said, "She Mike, 'Mike, you've been in this situation a hundred times. You just, you know, do what you do. Everything's going to work out okay.' And you know, it, 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 but it never gets easier. And and that's that's it. Doesn't matter that I've got more security now, or you know, that we have more success. Uh, it doesn't get easier. Um, and and I don't really know what that's about. I think it's because." if I, you know, it's because I care. If I didn't care, I probably wouldn't have, I would sleep fine, but I care deeply. And so when things, uh, when, when things are a struggle, um, it does weigh on me.
1: Passion obviously is so important to becoming a successful business leader like yourself. What would you say is the number one characteristic that anybody listening really needs to have if they are going to launch something
0: That they really feel. We've been waking up every single day trying to sell one more cup of coffee today than we did yesterday for 26 years. And, you know, the part of the problem that happens to entrepreneurs is that when things start, when things start to struggle, when you start to struggle, you, you, you divert your attention from maybe what the core product that you're bringing to the marketplace is. And you try to bolt on all these different things, these different levels of complexity. And that just makes the business harder. And if we could wake up the next day and sell one more latte, you know, when, when I got, when I started in the business as a barista, we were selling under 300 cups a day. And that was, um, I remember when we crossed 300 and uh, for the first time, and now we're, we'll sell somewhere in the range of about hundred thousand cups today, right? Stop. Oh Isn't that cool? God, that is so cool. I know. I know. And, and so, but that's focus, right? We don't, we didn't, we haven't done anything else is what we do every day, all day. And so I think that that would be my, my answer. Don't, I had a guy call me one time, they'd, he and his buddy would open a pizza shop. And he called me, and he had too much space in this building. And he said, "Hey, Mike, you know, I think what I want to do is if I carved out like, you know, 1,200 square feet in our building, can we put a Bigby Coffee in there? And you know, I really think that would help with our revenue, and 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 you know, we could be more profitable and so on." And my answer was, he's a good friend of mine, but my answer was like, "That's a really dumb idea." And there was this long pause, and he's like, "What do you mean?" I, I mean, pizza I, I, and I, I, coffee. Yeah. Well, but it, you know, you could have a sweet. You could have two sweets: one with pizza, one with coffee. They they would be independent of each other. But my point is, that you had, you're in the pizza business, and you haven't figured out how to sell pizzas. You're struggling. You can't sell pizzas, so you think figuring out trying to figure out how to sell pizzas, and then trying to figure out how sell cups of coffee is going to save you. That's crazy. Either figure out how to sell pizzas, or shut the thing down. <laughs> but see, that's focus, right? Focus mm-hmm. in on selling pizzas, and the persistence piece of all of this. Never say die. Before
1: we end this, I have a question for you and I will end with explaining what the Firefly Latte is. And then I need to hear what the Purple Haze Latte is from you. But you do now have success. You've got some money here. Your dream expenditure. What do you love that you think about? I really want to buy that.
0: Well, I just did it last week. Yeah, I did I bought my parents a boat.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: it's awesome. So it's we're sharing it. I mean, they're gonna. The the deal is is they've gotta they've gotta um, uh, you know, help maintain it, use it. They lived on their previous boat, um, and so they're gonna live on this boat primarily. You know, and and um, they gotta help maintain it, but then they also have to teach me how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a, you know, I, I, there's an upside for me on this deal because I'm going to get to learn how to use this boat. So it's cool. It's a, it's a boat that, you know, I can take my whole family on and, and, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm super excited about it.
1: You'll tool around Lake Michigan.
0: Well, we'll actually take it. We hope to take it back and forth to Florida every year. So we'll we'll leave uh, Michigan in the fall, take it to Florida. It's maybe a four to six week process, and we'll be have it in uh, Florida for the, for the winter, and then we'll bring it back in the spring. And so that's that's the that's the plan. In fact, I'm leaving uh, Friday to go down for a week on the boat to start bringing it north uh, to uh, Lake Charlevoix.
1: Okay, you said you still don't relax to this day. I need you to relax on the boat because that, that's what you're supposed to do, at least at certain points during the very stressful world of growing this business. All right, finally, here we go. The Firefly Latte is cinnamon, vanilla, and white chocolate with 50 milligrams of caffeine. Yum. Um, now you are got to reveal what the Purple Haze Latte is.
0: The Purple Haze Latte is caramel and blackberry. It's delicious. Mm. It's as good as it sounds.
1: How many grams of fat? Do I even want to know?
0: Oh, it's probably in the range of 10. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: You got to, I want to see Big bees on every corner in New Jersey, at least, which is where I'm sitting at the moment. But um, listen, congratulations. And it is a work in progress. That's life. You've written a book about your journey and, and your process and your climb. What's
0: it called? My book my book is called Grind. It's a no BS approach to take your business from concept to cash flow.
1: Perfect. Okay, there you are everybody if you didn't get to absorb all of this in the podcast cuz you're driving or you're distracted, there's the book Grind by Mike McFall. And I hope that our listeners have really seen you start as a barista, minimum wage, and now you're growing this incredible company. Thank you so much Mike for sharing your story.
0: Thanks, Liz. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun.
1: Anytime. Mike McFaul of Big B. Hey, listen, everybody. Mike, like everybody else, doesn't want to just make money. They want to save it. They want to grow it. Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Fox Business Network. It's called the Claim and Countdown. Hello. Watch me every day. You'll learn more about the stock market and maybe growing some of that money. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.